0: I'm R.A. Schwartz, and welcome to the WNBA Insider Show. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W. Using X's and O's, along with key stats, we bring honest and critical analysis. This past Sunday was WNBA all day. And here at the WNBA Insider Show, I've been lucky enough to have an amazing guest, Pat Ralph. Now, earlier this week, we covered the Western Conference and a little recap of the weekend. This episode, we won't be covering a recap of the weekend because we covered that last. So instead, we're diving right into the Eastern Conference to the team that this offseason captured the most headlines and probably captured the most hearts, the Atlanta Dream. Now, first things first, lineup questions. Renee Montgomery starts, and I know before we started recording, you and I were chatting about this. What's your take on why Renee Montgomery got? This yeah, so start? this
1: was something that Amelie spotted out to me, which is an interesting point because Atlanta is one of these, uh, as I would say, quite an embarrassment of riches team, where they have just a lot of pieces um, that could start on other teams, but they just are a very deep team. Um, they've got four, f- they've got five guards that could start on any team, um, and they've got to make a choice. You know, Nikki Collins, first year head coach, has to decide. And so I figured that Renee Montgomery would make the start. I mean, there was I did not pick her for sixth woman of the year like most of our staff did because I thought she would start. And the reason why, as you mentioned, Aryeh, is because I don't think you leave a championship team in the Lynx to come to Atlanta and come off the bench. Like if she was going to just stay, keep coming off the bench in her career, I think she would just stay with Minnesota and keep coming off the bench. They're a team that's still a contender now. They're closer to winning a championship again than Atlanta is. Atlanta is still, I think, another year or two away from being a contender. Minnesota is still a contender. So I think this was more about it's an opportunity in my career now. I'm, like, I'm in my early 30s. I want to get a chance to start for my career because I don't know when that opportunity could come with Minnesota. That's why I think it is. So as you saw, if you watched the game yesterday, um, Angel McCautry, who came back from being out a year, Renee Montgomery and Tiffany Hayes were the three guards who got starts. And Brittany Sykes and Leja Clarendon came off the bench, so it's going to be interesting to see how that goes going forward. Because as I said, they kind of have to work this out their, their lineup out a bit. And obviously, that's you know other you know obviously Jessica Breeland's a new piece as well uh, to that starting lineup as well. So for me, the Atlanta Dream are going to be very interesting to watch when it comes to lineup and personnel. I'm curious to hear what you think, Ria, about how you think Nikki Collins is going to manage that as the year goes along, and what you thought of what she did uh, on Sunday against Dallas.
0: Not to give a shameless plug, but I'll do it. Rachel Gallagher was on the show uh, you know, a week ago in the preseason uh, uh, episode for this. And when we were talking about the dream, Eli, Rachel, and I were all just blown away by the talent, kind of like what you said, embarrassment of riches. But the thing that she pointed out was, guys, don't get carried away. This is still a team that has a first-year head coach. This is still a team... That's coming off of a not-playoff season, so a bottom four of the league. Now, yes, they have all these talents, but it's going to take some time for this team to really gel, and not only gel, but find the lineups that work best. Now, I think the 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 importance for Nikki are pretty obvious. One, create the culture so that you don't have the issue of Leija being upset that she only got 17 minutes in the game, Right. You don't have the issue of an up-and-coming star in Britney Sykes, you know, wanting more than the 21 minutes she's getting. Although I will say she might be getting sixth woman of the year right now. Um, yeah. But to me, to me, it's it's finding that lineup and finding that gel, creating the culture, and then finding the lineup that works best. This is a team very similar in my mind to Connecticut. Maybe that's just an easy cop out mm-hmm. because of the Nikki, uh, the Nikki connection. Yes. But to me. It's a situation that is similar because they are a team that can really rotate their lineup mm-hmm. to fit their needs. You know, they can play a lot of small ball. Right. If they need to bring in someone bigger, they can get Amani McGee Stafford in there. If they need, you know, play a, a slightly different style, uh, you really want to bring in Leisure, or whatever. For me, I want Renee coming off the bench, and here's why: if if Clarendon's starting this game she gets to set the tone, to run the offense, to set plays up, right? right, And that's kind of the style of of player that she is that she does. Renee is a player that has an up-tempo pick and can drop down the three. So to me, it's a very obvious role for both of them. Leisha comes in, you know, slows the game down, not necessarily in like a a Bill Lambert slow, if you want to call it that, but slows the game down and starts focusing on, let me get this person the ball, let me feed it around here. This is the kind of game we're playing. And then they're struggling to get some points on there. They bring in Renee. Renee gets a nice steal. Renee drops a three. Renee feeds the ball here. To me, their roles are pretty obvious as far as where they should be. So I'm curious for you. Do you think that, I know that in your mind, Renee was going to get the start. Do you think this is a season-long thing or kind of just we're, we're working a few kinks out?
1: I think it's definitely, uh, we're working some stuff out. This is not, I don't think, a set in stone uh, thing. I think if we know anything about Nikki Collin, she's a very forward thinking coach. She's a very uh, kind of new age coach that's always going to be tinkering with lineups. She's not saying, okay, this is what we're going with. That's it. Like, this is it. You know, deal with it. This is definitely a work in progress where they're going to be. Um, mixing and matching as the year goes along. Like you mentioned, she's going to be trying different matchups out as the year goes along. Um, you know, As I said, they have different styles, different guards. They have five starter caliber guards that they can mix and match in various lineups that they can go small, they can play big. So I think that this is just a, 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 a temporary thing for right now. But I think it's something that's interesting to talk about because, as you said, these are, there are two guards that are going to be here that could start anywhere else, and they're going to have to come off the bench. So I just think it's very interesting um, that she went with Montgomery, McCautry, and Hayes to start, and then she had Sykes and Clarendon coming off the bench. But I could easily see in a couple weeks or even the next game, you could see Brittany Sykes and Clarendon starting as well. So I think that's what it's a good problem for Nikki Collin to have.
0: Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, you're, you're, you're coming into riches as, as a first year coach. Let's move on to the Indiana Fever. Before the game, I was able to catch up with head coach Pokey Chapman and ask her how you balance the rookie gains with the larger goals of team gain.
2: I think, you know, we talk about this all the time. The video is the best teaching tool. So we always have the big picture in mind. But with that, we have to make sure we show some of the young players the things that they're doing correct, where they're making improvements, and sometimes it's not always met with a positive net result. So we just have to make sure they get eyes on, it, on things that are doing well.
0: Yeah, so I mean, kind of on that with the condensed season, it's a little bit harder to get in, you know, film study. It's harder to get in, you know, player development. How do you use the time that you do have? I mean, you had your first game last night or yesterday, and now you're already rushed over here this morning.
2: I don't want to say it's hard it's just unique um uh, we've always had the player development piece wherever we worked uh it doesn't take long you can take 30 minutes every day so even though you mean i have a full practice they know each day they're going to get at least that amount of time with us and we try to give them things that they can take with them away from that so i think it's just a more um conscious effort to make sure you're utilizing the time, even if it's on the bus, even if it's in the airport or the hotel. There's 24 hours in a day, and even if we're playing back-to-back games, we can still find some time to get those things in. I like it.
0: I like it. What did you learn about your team that you already didn't know in the first game?
2: Well, a couple of things. I mean, don't don't misunderstand me. I was extremely disappointed that a group that is tasked with being a little bit more veteran, you know, it was a six-point game with three minutes left, and look like they just folded the tent for lack of a better word and I know that's not the case and it, and it was a good teaching moment for me because you know they did not do things in that moment that they had done previous you know quarter. so it's a teaching moment that it just can't happen you know and you have eyes that are watching you and if we're going to be successful that's the progress of things we have to take with it you know that wasn't an 18 point game but it ended up being an 18 point yeah. game because we didn't keep our foot on the gas and Chicago did
0: I like that. I like that. So, who's somebody on this team, on this roster, that's underrated, not getting the attention? I mean, you got a lot of big names coming in off the off the uh, off the draft. You got a couple of big names. You know, you've been making a lot of moves. Who's something, somebody that nobody's really paying attention to? That you're like, people are messing up.
2: I think it's the entire roster, you know, and I say that with a smile on my face, tongue in cheek, because there are newbies. Even the players that have somewhat experience relative to the rookies. They don't have the reps in minutes yet, so they're still learning some things themselves. And that's where, you know, Candice Dupree will come in. That's where Janice Johnson, who has experience, eyes, a mouth, some basketball intellect, can help some of that because I don't want that to get lost in this process as well.
0: So, Pat, for me, the thing that stood out most, uh, I, I was live for the game in Washington, and then I went back and I watched the game uh, the, the game against Chicago. Mm-hmm. Pokey made, and and I've been high up on the Pokey bandwagon for these off season moves, trading away away vets that were really uh, integral to this franchise, but to get youth and to get get some an injection of new people and draft picks. But she's not starting these young rookies. She's not starting these young players necessarily. So I'm curious, what's your take on that? Like, isn't that kind of for lack of, I mean, I don't, I don't want to put her job in jeopardy, but like, isn't that kind of like what you do as a coach who's in a rebuild? You know, isn't that the quickest way out the door is to not play these young players that you just trade away half your roster
1: for? Yeah, it's an interesting motive there. You know, so you think about it. It's like, okay, you bring them in, and clearly she's she's doing as close of a quote unquote tanking as the word has become popular in our vernacular today. It's as close to a tanking as it's as we've seen so far. Um, what you're seeing pokey do just pretty much tearing it down and just trying to stockpile with draft picks get younger players and develop and just build something completely new in indiana um i think it is interesting how you're just because i think if you're for example i think if you're a fan of the fever i'd want to see someone like a victoria Vivens or a kelsey mitchell out there starting i think that's what you want to see that's why you're coming i mean as i said you have players like Candace Dupree, who, his, who is who has been an incredible player for 12, 13 years in the league, and yes, she—I mean, it doesn't necessarily affect her directly because she's a forward. But I think those are two guards that I just mentioned there, first-round picks this year that can really people can be like, "Wow, like I want to come see them playing." Like, so I'm kind of surprised. Like, as I said, like, it's like you said, you know, you want to, you're trying to play younger, but you're not giving them necessarily the full, maybe opportunity that you would want them to have to start. You know, so I am a little surprised about that, but maybe it's i think probably what it might be ra is that it's just a temporary thing kind of going back to what we mentioned um with atlanta is that this may just be a temporary thing right now as the other as the younger players get confidence they get into the rotation they kind of get their legs under them and they get a feel for it and then once they get comfortable with their role and they get comfortable with playing you know doing what they do then she may make a move where she can bring them into the starting lineup and then kind of change things up as the year goes along. Because obviously they are not expecting to be a playoff team. So I would say that that might be what she's thinking is for right now, just use kind of the fillers for now. And then as the year goes along, integrate those younger players. And that's something I could foresee having. Like if you were to tell me, I think it's fair to say that. I think Kelsey Mitchell um, and, and or Victoria Vivians will be starting by – Vivians will be starting by the end of this year.
0: And And to be quite frank, they better – uh, you know Kelsey Mitchell did get 26 minutes, all right, and she dropped 16 points. So, if, if 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 the idea is to ease her in, and now I kind of feel stupid for not asking her this, but I wanted to see what the lineup was, and it was funny actually. Right after I interviewed Pokey, uh, and Pokey walks away, I'm chatting with uh, Kevin, their 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 PR head. And I overhear him then talking to the head at Mystics and giving across the starting lineup. And then I was like, oh, now I can't ask it because now I have the question, but it's too late. So that's definitely something I'm going to reach out and try and figure out what their plan as far as that is. We saw a lot of minutes spread out, though. And I'm a big fan of Eric Wheeler. So I'd really like to see her uh, You know, figure out a way for them to get her and Mitchell involved and, and, and Vivian's. Vivian's was looking good at times. You know, again, she has that length. She has the size to really be a dominant player in this league. But, but you know, not to not to stick on the fever for too long, right? It should only be forty eight hours. Moving on to the New York Liberty, one of your beat teams. Yep. Talk to me, Pat. Talk to me about this, because because <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm just gonna say my two cents, and then and then I'll let you kind of sure. take it over. Chicago and Liberty face off to me, and I and I message you this during the game. Chicago's a team that to a certain extent knows they're in a rebuild and are, is working off is just working their behinds off to do it and and to to be better than people expect them. The New York Liberty almost seem complacent and don't know that to in a certain realm they are in a rebuild yeah. also.
1: You bring up a very good point Arya and I I think the general thing that I took away from it and just from seeing WNBA Twitter last night and as we were kind of talking in our slack and stuff as as the writers we were all talking a bit I think a lot of the feelings that people have for the Liberty um, are similar in a way to that I expressed earlier about the storm there's just a lot of frustration with them it goes a little bit to what happened obviously the fact that when Lambeer was the coach there and the way they played and their style of play it was very frustrating because they would obviously have these great regular seasons they'd win over 21 games then they get in the playoffs and then they couldn't win a game they just sputtered out and just faded into darkness and yesterday I'm excited I mean I, I'm a believer in Katie Smith I think she's a, I think she's going to be a very good coach I think she's going to have a more modern approach because she's got some of that Cheryl her. and she talked about that when she was introduced that she's got some of those influence more like modern day coaching influences that some others may not have um, but I think it was yesterday just I think it was I mean obviously you've got to be encouraged you see tina charles puts up her usual 19 points but once again she's it feels like she's the only person doing something for the liberty offensively it's the same old story last year she's got always in the league and it'll probably be the same again this year and you know she's got the high if we were going to get into the advanced analytics eli would be proud of me for throwing this one out she's got the highest usage rate or one of the the highest usage rates of any player because she's just She's carrying the team. Now, if you're going to take an encouraging sign from last night, it's what you saw from Kia Nurse and Amanda Zowie B, what they both gave. 15 points from Zowie B, 17 from Nurse. Very encouraging sign, getting those two off the bench and giving it. But there is, I know they had some players out. Kia Stokes did not play. Epiphany Prince did not play. Brittany Boyd did not play. They had some players out with injuries. But still, the Liberty are, it's a concerning thing. And, And like you said, you made a very good point. I'll conclude on this and throw it back to you. There's a reason that a lot of our staff did not pick them to make the playoffs um, because this is a team that uh, outside of Tina Charles, there just is a lot. Um, and a lot of times she is caught carrying the load by herself. So I'll throw it back to you. But, yeah, it was just – I think a lot of people came away from it just frustrated that the Liberty, you know, it's just a very – they can be very up and down.
0: Yeah, and, and the, the only thing I'll add to that is – it doesn't help when you you change to a far venue, you know, you, the the whole venue change, and then you add this. I'm gonna, I'm just going to straight up call it a rebuild. Uh, it, it it's not um, fun, and it it, it really yeah. sucks for that. Um, looking at the Connecticut Sun, a team that you know the majority of the year last year, I had them on the same tier as the Lynx and the Sparks, and honestly, at points, that I know, oh, you know, Sparks fans have hated me for this, and and people who. Are deeper into the analytics also hated on me for this. But I honestly I Connecticut often as the number two in my power ranking. Now, everyone's gonna say win a playoff game first. Hear me out. If you get Connecticut in a in a in a series, nobody wants to face him. I'm sorry, let's talk about the series last year. I don't think anybody was scared of Washington when it comes to the links of the sparks. They were not scared of Washington. They were not scared of Phoenix. And that's why they got blown out 3-0 in both of those series. Now, there's points where it was competitive, and there's points where you thought, okay, maybe. But Connecticut is a team that I think the only team in this league that can do a set, and I should hold back. Dallas could prove me wrong this season. We'll see. But Connecticut, to me, is a team that's built for the long run and is on that top tier. And they showed it in Game 1. They had a slow start. But then they drop – let me just break down their quarter scoring,
1: 25, 24, 24, 28. That's impressive. Very impressive. Out. And you make a great point. As I said, you, a lot of people are going to point to last year. They, they had the playoff game on their home floor and they lost. But I don't think that had less to do with them. I mean it was their first playoff game. It's a young team, um, and they were going up against a veteran – phoenix mercury squad with with diana tarazi and they played a great game that day and 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 that, that that was and there was nothing ashamed there was nothing to be ashamed of if you're the sun you know that that was more about you know the mercury coming on and doing that but if you're the sun i mean looking at it but you make a great point already this is a team that is deep they are like atlanta and again we make the connections ironic because of Nikki collin having coached with kurt miller in connecticut having come from the sun you know they are like Atlanta, where they have a lot of depth, a lot of, again, an embarrassment of riches, which we can talk about. Um, they've got a lot of players they can go to, and it's a talented team. With You've got, um, you know, obviously, John Cole Jones coming off of her year where she was the most improved player in the WNBA, and she's someone who is expected and was last year in the MVP conversation. You have Jasmine Thomas, who is an all star. You have Alyssa Thomas, who might be their most underrated player. You know, she's got 13 points, 16 rebounds. Six assists, I mean, just plays three blocks, just plus 22 for the game, just overall great game. And then, of course, you have the return of Janae Okumake, who's now healthy. Um, and, of course, the big thing yesterday was the fact that Janae got the start over Quell. So I'll throw, I'm will throw. i going to ask you a question. All right, so I found that to be very interesting. I figured I assumed that Quell would get the start and Janae would kind of get eased in and come off the bench. Um, but instead, it was the other way around. Janae got the start and Quell was the sixth woman. Um, so I ask you this: Is this just something temporary, because Jonquel just came back from overseas and Janae uh, has been there all through training camp, and this is more just to ease Jonquel back into the WNBA to get her back? Or should I have should I switch my sixth woman of the year pick to Jonquel Jones? And this is something permanent. <laughs>
0: so I I got a few points on Connecticut, and, and if you know me, you know I'm hyped yeah. on Connecticut. One. Shane only, only logged in 17 minutes. Jonquil logged 19. So that does say something. Um, further upon that, I think we're going to see a lot of this going in where they're going to be splitting minutes. For me, it was multiple, multi-beneficial for them to start Shanae. You start Shanae, she has the positivity of getting her feet back on the ground. She was the face of the franchise, arguably still is even after who, in my opinion, should be and will be in the MVP discussion of John Quell Jones. So I think we're going to see a lot of that. At the end of the day, John Quell should be getting the start. She earned it. Um, But they they offer very different things. I want to see more times where they're in together and see how that's going to work out. Moving on, though, Alex Bentley in 23 minutes drops 18 points and was just fire at certain points. Three for four from three pointer, okay? That's she was just balling out, all right? And 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 plus 31, she was the only player on the bench to get above 10 points, but everybody on Connecticut scored. All right? Yep. Everybody. What does that say to you? That is a deep team. We talk about team depth. We talked about it in in with with Minnesota and LA. This team is a team that if they can get their starting five to play a constant level of of top tier that can compete with LA and Minnesota, this bench can run with anybody, and I don't care who right. you're putting it's out just, there.
1: It's and it's like I said, this is a, it's like you mentioned too. This team is very deep, and Kurt Miller can turn to a lot. He has a lot of tools and resources at his disposal that he can turn to during the season. And yesterday, you saw kind of everything they can do. They are a great offensive team. They are an outstanding rebounding team. I mean, that was one of their calling. I mean. Quill might be the best rebounding the best rebounder in the whole WNBA. I mean, she broke the record last year for most rebounds in the season. Um they just they're a great offensive team. They play great defensively. Um, they just had a great all-around game yesterday and that's what they can do and stuff. And that's what we saw last year after they got off to that 0 and 4 start, they just flipped the script the rest of the way and they finished the season I think uh you know, I think it was 21 and like 21 and 7, something like that, 21 and 10. You know, they just they sprinted to the finish line after that rough start. So, you know, this is a team that can, they've got a lot of options. They've got a lot of star power. Um, you know, they, they've got some fun players. As you mentioned, Alex Bentley, 23 minutes, 18 points, gave him a great game yesterday, the highest, you know, plus minus on the team yesterday, plus 31. Um, this is a fun team. And this is a team that, as you said, this is a team that no one wants to face in the playoffs. And if they can, you know, get to the conference semi or not to even, you know, just to the WNBA semifinals, this is a team that's going to, they're not going to be an easy out. And this is a team that if you were to tell me, R.A., and we get to September and they're playing in the finals against the Lynx or the Sparks or whomever, I wouldn't be surprised because this team has the coaching and the talent to get yeah, there. Yeah,
0: I'm, I'm going to one up that and say they will be in the finals this year. Um, and I know it's a way too early prediction in our last episode. I was put on the spot. I said it's going to be Sparks' son in the finals. Um, honestly, and this is going to sound ridiculous considering my power ranking and what I've already broken down, but I think Minnesota finds a way to get back in the finals. I think we're going to see, you know, Minnesota and LA have to face off in the semifinals, or connect mm. or yeah. Connecticut. That would be really interesting. Honestly, I'd also like to see Connecticut take on one of these teams in the semis. You know, wishful thinking, we would see some great basketball. We've already seen some great basketball by the next team we're going to talk about, the Chicago Sky. They're not necessarily in midseason form, but like I touched on when we were talking Liberty, they do not, if you want to call them a team that looks like they're in the rebuild, then they're, you know, five steps ahead of the beginning of the rebuild. This team looked powerful. Gabby Williams drops 12. Quigley. Who you know when I was talking to to Kelsey Mitchell before the Indiana game, she reflected to me something that that really stuck out. We asked her about what was what was your first game like? What 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 do you remember? And she was just like, "Quigley makes you pay," and she reiterated that one or two times after. Um, and Quigley drops twenty two in twenty seven minutes. I mean, do you see this team making that skip, jump, and a hop? to the playoffs. Based off obviously it's two yeah, games.
1: And, right, of course. Yes. Yeah, it's two games. Small sample size. But here's the thing with the link uh the sky, excuse me. We talked about this a little bit last night. They have all the pieces. They got some fun players. They got some fun pieces. You mentioned a few of them. Gabby Daniels, uh, uh Gabby Williams, excuse me. Um Stephanie Dolson, uh Allie Quigley, you know, you have Diamond to Shields, um, who gets a lot of hype. Um they've got a lot of fun players who um you know, who are a lot and they have a lot of talent and now it's just up to Amber Sox to put it together. Now through two games, from what we've seen, it's like, whoa, like this is, this could be fun. This gets a really fun team. They have a lot of talent. They have a lot of offense. They have no shortage of scoring options. The big thing for them is going to be, can they translate that defensively throughout the whole season? That's the thing I think everyone's waiting to see. So that's probably the one thing I'm that's the thing I want to hold out and wait for and see is like, we know this team's going to score a lot we just want to see can they get it done at the defensive end because if they can then i think this team can sneak into the playoffs they have the talent and you make a good point they are like right there at the rebuild where they're about a couple of years ahead and they are in a spot now where they can yes i didn't pick them to get into the playoffs this year but i could see if they play very well they could sneak in so i was really excited it's a, it's they're just a fun team and it's like wow like Quigley quigley's one of the best shooting guards in the league Arguably, maybe even the best. Um, you know, now she had 22 last night against the Liberty. Um, obviously, Diamond to Shields came out with a bang uh, against Indiana on Saturday with 18. So, if I'm a Chicago fan and even just watching them, it's a fun team. And I, 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 like you are, I think if they can get it done defensively and play consistently on that end of the floor, uh, I wouldn't be shocked if we look up at the end of the season, and they find themselves playing in that. 5-8 or 6-7 matchup to open up the playoffs.
0: Did you see, a uh, lack of a better term, that badass play by Jamira Faulkner towards the end of the game, like it's a two-score lead. She's on the inbound, on the baseline. No one's paying attention to her. Throws yes. it off the back of a Liberty player. Grabs the ball. Yeah. I mean, it looked like yeah. it was straight out of Harlem Globetrotters. Um, <laughs> and, and, and the best part about it, not only was it fun, first of all, that better be an ESPN Top 10, but not only was it fun, it really, to me, if you would have just made that into a gif, that was the game. Chicago right. had their wits about them, and they were focused on winning and finding any way to get some points and win. And the Liberty were kind of just like, I don't want to say cruising through it, but but did not have their wits about them.
1: Right. And I think, too, it's also very – and, I, 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 and I, one thing I always try to look at with these teams, and I try to look at a, a, another big factor is – you know, I think it makes a difference too. Now the sky, and this is kind of a, a an ulterior, a bigger picture thing, but you know they're playing in now in a actually a respectable, nice arena. I know it sounds kind of crazy to talk about, and I know it sounds like wow, what? Why is that impact how well they play? Well, it does have an impact. When you can go to, a, I mean, the the arena they were playing in before the last couple of years is this dinky old arena on the campus of uh, DePaul University in Chicago. And it's an old arena. It's just an, no one used it anymore. Now they're playing this brand new state of the art arena in Chicago in the city. Um, it changes your mindset and it does create a more positive experience because you're going in there and you're like, hey, this is, we're, we're playing games in a, 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 a beautiful place. It's just, a, it creates a more positive vibe, positive environment. And it's just, and so I think it's good to see they're playing somewhere that is more conducive to you know as i said better play so stuff you look at too so i think it's good to see the sky showing good signs like this and like we said i could see him sneak in and it it would they are there even if they don't get into the playoffs this year it's a fun team to watch it really is
0: i i gotta agree with that and now moving on to the mystics it was a sloppy game at certain times um you know Indiana was in it for the first quarter. Washington really stuck away and kind of kept the gas pedal down and had a little a little distance from them the whole game. But there was points where I just was scratching my head. Now, obviously, we're not going to expect Ed.D. and Christy Tolliver to go one for 12 in the first half. I mean, I don't I, I remember what, what Tolliver had in the first half, but Ed.D. had two points. That That's ridiculous and absurd. I mean, you you can't expect that, but... Washington did not look in mid in mid-season form and honestly something i noticed in their locker room after the game it's possibly the most depressed or just down on themselves locker room i've ever seen after a victory
1: interesting what were they like 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 were they just were they not could you tell they they felt they didn't play well
0: yeah i mean anybody i spoke to i'm not going to get into names or whatever but anybody i spoke to was just like yeah, wasn't our great? Was not a, a good game of ours. I mean, players that I know that that I remember from interviewing last year, and that that I've seen it in many other situations, who are very talkative people, were just you know not about that. Um, but on a positive note, something I really want to bring up, and to me this blew my mind was Maisha Hines Allen. She had eleven minutes. She was three for five from. Uh, she was three from five. Excuse me. Had two rebounds and two steals, one turnover, six points. But the way she played. Now, a lot of people are talking about Atkins or or Kelsey Mitchell or Vivi over on Indiana, or all these, you know, or Asia, all these players who are coming in. I have not seen a player. I guess the only other player who has played this confident so far uh, has got to be Diamond to Shields, but I think you have to put an asterisk there. And just looked so confident. I mean, she was bodying people down left and right. She was making moves. She was calling for the ball every time they went down the court. She wanted it. And that's the fight that, that whether or not she had a huge statistical game, I think she had a pretty good one for her first showing. But she said something to me that said, hey, we got to be paying attention to this woman.
1: Yeah, and I mean for Washington, I'm kind of uh, I probably am like everyone's got to have a skeptic or a uh, someone in the room, and I've always kind of been a little, eh, never been the biggest fan of their roster. Never, I've always just kind of, I don't know, like I, like when they won last year in the playoffs and they beat the Liberty, I, I personally think it had less to do with the Mystics and more to do with the Liberty. I'm not taking, not trying to take anything away from the Mystics. or they had, you know, they had they played a great game then, but I've always just like outside of. Elena Deladon, I like Christy Tolliver. I just and I know they bring up, brought in Monique Curry this year. I, I, I'm not I'm, I'm not quite sold on their roster. Um, I think the loss of Emma Mieseman is going to be huge because I think people didn't realize like how much she did for that team when she came over last year and what impact she made. So I think that's going to be big. But the key that I've noticed with the Mystics, Ria, which is the difference to them is when Christy Tolliver gets going offensively, that's the key. Um, you know, obviously, you know her. She's going to distribute. She's going to get others going. But when she scores, as she said, you know, she didn't play great yesterday, but she put up 16. You know, finished with 16 points on six of 11 shoots. She was four of six from deep, and you know her. She loves to hit the three ball. If she can play well offensively, that's when the team plays their best. Just pretty much when DelaDon doesn't have to do it all by herself. It, the Mystics remind me a little bit of the Liberty, except they're not as much of a. It's not as much, it's painful to watch offensively. But it's a lot of times where Deladon is doing a lot herself. Um, but, yeah, they're going to have to play better than what they did yesterday against Indiana because um, Indiana is not, a, a, as we've talked about already, not expected to do much. But the Mystics are expected by a lot of people to finish. They can finish in the top four. So, um, and, and they've got arguably the best player in the league. So for me, though, what I've noticed is that when Tolliver gets going, that's a really an X factor to them offensively.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta agree with that. I mean, I don't think Mystics win if Tolliver if Tolliver doesn't go four for six from three pointer, um, and drop those sixteen. She led the team in scoring. And granted, it was pretty even. For me, the most the most well rounded player on this roster. Obviously, you got to ignore Adele Don on this, um, because yeah, it's Adele Don. But TRP is just a solid yes. round player who does not get enough attention in this league. She's one of those utility players that can really do anything they ask of her. But I got to agree with you. There's just something about this team. And, and you know, at, at the press conference after, head coach Mike Tebow, he was talking and he goes, yeah, you know, asked about the rookies and the vets. And he was like, look, at, at times during this game, I didn't know who was the rookies and who were the vets. Our rookies were running out there with confidence and making big plays and, and came in as our second line and, and picked it up. And they were the ones that kind of were able to pick up the speed put the, the pedal to the metal and take this lead away from Indiana and push to a point where the starters came back in and kind of cruised. So yep. that's a big storyline that a lot of people don't talk about when it comes to the Mystics because they don't have as a complete starting five. But you got to not forget about the bench. Benches are so key. And again, we talked about this. I feel like we're just beating this over and over. <laughs> Agler's, Agler's really the only one who doesn't use a bench that much so right. it, it it's not like he's he's the norm, so these teams, if they want to have late season depth, you need to have a
1: bench right and you make a that great is, point there, just you know with with TRP, you make a great point i mean she's she gave them eleven points yesterday, and she's not you mentioned she's not in there for offense she's their defender she's there their elena beard to go in there and and, and take lock down the uh, the opponent's best players so to get eleven points from her they can take, they'll take that. And she's kind of their, their bulldog. So, um, she, you mentioned just go, just want to echo off that she is a huge X factor for them on the defensive end.
0: Yeah, definitely. Can't can't disagree with that. I mean, it it was an exciting weekend. I'm excited to see. We're really going to see over the next two weeks what these teams are. So I'm, I'm beyond excited to see, you know, will the Mystics get into mid season form? Because For me, if you're a middle-of-the-pack team, you need to get into mid-season form from the get. And then, come playoffs, you can really shine. Uh, That's all we got for this episode. I want to give a huge thank you to Pat Ralph for joining us on this episode. Make sure you follow Pat. Pat's covering the Phoenix Mercury and the New York Liberty for the WNBA Insider. Each week, we cover different topics important to the W. Don't forget us. We're still around. Hat and give a little peace out to the folks.
1: Hey, thank yes, thank you for everyone listening. We appreciate it. And thank you for everyone who follows us, reads us, listens to us, watches us. We really appreciate it. We're all just trying to grow some coverage for the WNBA. And Arie, thanks so much for having me on. This was a ton of fun talking hoops tonight.